check, check. One, two, check. Mic's on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, welcome back to another episode of Mike's On. This is episode 29. We're almost to number 30, so I figured I better get in before I get to the guy's birthday uh, because he is 30. So I all I had to do was trouble about my age. Yeah, well, <laughs> might as well start out the gates, you know. Well, I've got uh, my assistant principal, Mr. Matt Porzilla, with me. Welcome, Matt. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm excited to try out this podcasting thing. Well, you know what's so great about a podcast is they can't tell whether you've lost weight or not. <laughs> have you lost weight? I have. Uh, quite a bit, actually. More than I thought I had to lose. And I thought I heard you say you, you lost yourself a Brody. I did. My son is uh, 42 pounds, and I hit 42 pounds today. So That's crazy. Yep. I'd, uh, what have you been doing in order to make that happen? Well, what it really came down to for me was just making better decisions that I knew were good for me. So lots of sugars? Yeah, I cut out, <laughs> I cut out everything, and I think every time that I've tried to do it before, I only thought about what I couldn't have. Right. And this time I was just like, no, I'm going to see everything as what is good for me. Yeah. And then go from there. Total so, mind shift. Yeah. So I just basically uh, ate foods that are normal foods from the earth. And <laughs> I just avoided stuff that came in a box basically as much as I could. And so like, what is your, what is Can I ask you, what does it look like for the day? What, what, what do you usually eat? Well, it's a bit strange for people to hear uh, when they're hearing it for the first time, but it's, I would say roughly 80% meat. Um, or fish, and if I want to eat vegetables, I'll eat as many as I want, um, and then I see fruit as dessert. So at night, if I want something sweet, I'll eat a peach or cherries or anything like that. When was that. the last time you had some ice cream? Oh, I still ate, I ate ice cream. Uh, my daughter's birthday was July 20th, so yeah. about three or four weeks ago. All right. So, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I still eat at parties, and yeah, I probably ate right. more than I should have, but right. I know that's the time, and then I'll wait for the next party to have it. I just right. don't buy it at the store for my normal day-to-day stuff anymore. Wish I could do that. <laughs> well, you can. I know I can, but I just don't know how to just yet. Well, the coolest part <laughs> about that was that when you go through something like that, you prove to yourself that you're capable of more than you thought. Right. And that... Once it started rolling for me, I was like, whoa, I can keep going. Yeah. And it all started, silly thing was, I was in my gym, I was terrible at pull-ups. Yeah. In my whole life. Well, that's that's been like your thing. Yeah, <laughs> I've just never been able to do a pull-up. And like, if you anybody remembers their PE class yeah. when, they were, <laughs> when they were a kid, and you got to do pull-ups, and you can't that do it. That was like the one thing you dread. You it was, want, you yeah, because I couldn't do it. I was strong in so many other areas, but I couldn't pull my own body weight. And right. I'm like... Well, let's fix that. Yeah. I'm just going to... So I bought a pull-up bar, and every time I walked past it in the garage, I jumped up and I started with a band because I couldn't do a bunch. Yep. And every time I'd crank out as many as I could and then go inside, and then if I walked out to leave, I would do it right before I got in the car and just did more. And then pretty soon it led to sets of three with no band when I was there. And then my Mac, I've been able to do 10 in a row since then, which... 
doesn't seem like a lot, but when you started from literally barely Zero. being able to do one <laughs> to be able to get to 10, yeah. and then everything that came from literally just focusing on that one thing yeah. was like, oh, well, I could do more pull-ups if I lose weight. Yeah. So now I'm going to do this because yeah. it's all... Do you remember when you really said, okay, I'm going to lose some weight? Like when, what, when was um, it? It was after, uh, it was during spring break. It was on my birthday because I turned 30. And, <laughs> yeah, we, we learned that already. <laughs> well, I'm learning that starting a new decade starts to bring it, some life evaluation yeah, thoughts. Me, yeah, and metabolism. Metabolism slows down. It's not as easy anymore. Um, and so I was like, I'm 30 and I always thought that... Yeah, we know that already. <laughs> oh, I know to you it seems like I'm bragging, but to me it seems like my 20s are yeah. over. Well, oh, jeez. And, uh, well, when you're, you know, when a lot of your life revolves around athletics, you think 20s is going to be your right. prime time for right. as an athlete. And so when I was realizing how overweight I was and hitting 30, I was like, well... I can either accept the fact that I'm going to be out of shape forever or, or or just be sad that I can't get my 20s back or I can do everything I can to be in better shape in my 30s than I was in my 20s. And that really kind of made the shift. It was just like, am I going to be sad about it or am I just going to do something? And like, it's been all but beneficial for me and... um I know that we were laughing earlier about, I was like, I'm so excited. I want to shout it from a mountaintop, <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's because and it's like, and my wife is like, you got to be careful how often you talk about it because people are going to be annoyed with you if you <laughs> talk about that. And I said, well, yeah, I said, it's learning about just encouraging people where they're at right? and not like saying you need to do this because I did it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Hey, you're more powerful and capable than you think you are right now. Cause I had, I never once thought I was a person who had 42 pounds to lose, and I'm going to go for 50 just to prove that I could do it. And that was the coolest part for me was just applying my own self-discipline, which I've done in many other areas of my life except this one. Right. And I was just like, well, if I do that here, why can't I do it in this area and then this area? And then slowly you just start attacking them, and you're a lot happier. You and I talked a little bit too. It's just like money. I mean, like one of the things that you talked about when you interviewed with us was how you had this mountain of student debt that you wanted to take care of um, right after you got married. And it wasn't just a little piddly amount. It was a big amount. Yeah, it was uh, was $120,000 between our student loan debt and one car when we moved into our first apartment together. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And, And one of the questions that I... I had for you was, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself or whatever. And that was one of the things that you decided to bring up, uh, that just recently you had finished paying all that off, Mm -hmm. which that's huge. Yeah. I mean, and for me, it was, you know, being involved in church and having, and having premarital counseling before we got married to learn, okay, here's what couples argue about typically in every marriage. And, Money is number one by any person who will tell you. Yep. And so I just, we were on our honeymoon and I'm reading a financial book. My wife is like, you got to read that here. Yeah. But I was just like, well, if everyone says (laughs) the number one thing we argue about is money, then I don't want that to be the number one thing we argue about. Right. So, So, and we both. Happy honeymoon. Yeah. Happy honeymoon. (laughs) So she read it when we got home, but 
I, uh, <laughs> at least she waited. At least she waited. <laughs> so I just, she, we both just agreed, hey, whatever we know about f- or what we think we know about finances, let's just agree to this plan based right. on this book. Right. And then that way we don't fight about it. Right. It's what does the book say and we'll do it. And then it just removed a lot of temptation to argue about who's spending what when. The difference on that story is that it was two of you going at something together. The losing the weight is just you Correct. really battling yourself. Sometimes that's more difficult. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I'm proof of that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm one of those that uh, I, 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 I always wish that I would do it, and I just don't because it, I, I find something else to do. Yeah, it's all about priorities. And, you know, I watch a ton of TV. Hmm. And as soon as the kids go to bed, that was what I was looking forward to mm-hmm. for a lot of the time to just relax. I mean, yeah. it's a stressful job. I love it, but it does have some stressors and you just, everybody needs to unwind. And that was what I did to unwind. And then I realized that wasn't really what was benefiting me right. to unwind. I thought it was, but it wasn't. So one of the things uh, that I want to point out to, to folks who can't see is you, you, you're a pretty happy guy to begin with. But you seem happier right now than than maybe you had been prior to losing the weight. I don't yeah. know if that's no, the reason. That's absolutely for it. true. I mean, I, there's some scientific reasons that I've been reading about that when your body is functioning as when you're fueling your body as it should be fueled, um, just the body chemistry in the brain seems to work a lot better, and you're happier. The other side of it is, um, I read a book called Extreme Ownership. Uh, by Jacko Willink, and I was kind of late to the party because he wrote it in 2017. But um, it's a only lot of, two years ago, man. A lot of people still. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, it's blown up, and I right. was. I hadn't known about it. Okay. And so when I got onto it to see that there were so many other people reading it, and and the it was basically just about disciplining yourself and stop believing the lies that we tell ourselves, and um, we. <laughs> I had got. I had mentioned to you this previously, um, but I had gotten to a point where you know quarantine. We you know were tested with living with our spouses, and we got in an argument, and some words were said. And the first, my first reaction when I realized we were arguing was, "What have I done to get to this point where my wife would be this angry with me?" And that was a big change because at 23 <laughs> or 24, being married. You know, I viewed it as she's the problem. <laughs> and that was my own pride and anger and selfishness in the way. And when I started to just really look inwardly for the answer instead of blaming, it was, that has led to so much more increased happiness because then you actually have control and you can influence your own happiness. And a lot of times in life we feel like so many things are moving around us and our, I have to be here and the kids need this and the kids need that. And you think of yourself last and it's really about spending 20 minutes a day for yourself in the way that you need to. And for me, it was working out. And then the smaller decisions of, um, you know, every time I eat a healthy meal, I am thankful that I made a good decision. And it's just all these little good decisions start to add up to where you just feel better. It's more positive things that happen in your day than no more feeling tired after you eat no except for when i eat how i shouldn't right and then you call me out on it (laughs) and (laughs) i'm tired hasn't really happened i mean no that one time we had 
a sandwich or we had whatever oh, yeah. we ate. Oh, yeah, and I yeah, ate a yeah. cookie and yeah, I yeah. ate this and I was like, I can eat this now because I can afford to yeah. gain it. And I was tired for three hours yeah. and I wasn't able to do my job. That was job at the well. admin conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't able to focus. I wasn't able so then I was like, well, my you know, my job's not, you know, my employer's not getting the best employee right, right, right now, right. too, because I did this. And it, it's not about anybody else needing to feel this way. It was just like, for me personally, that was how I started to internalize some things. Right. right. Well, that, I, I, I applaud you for, for losing the weight. You said you want to get to 50, though. Yeah, I think I think where I'm at now is is going to be a healthy spot to carry from here on out and, and a place that I don't want to go above. No. But I was just talking with somebody recently, and I was like, I just want to do it to prove, yeah, like to really see how far I can push myself. Um, but I don't really have any unhealthy goals. It's just yeah. like now it's can I really can I go even further and go even deeper and even more disciplined. Um, just to see. And then I know that, you know, there are going to be things that get in the way and I do have two little kids. And so I'll just get to a point where it's like, okay, now I'm just in main, maintenance and maintain right. and that will be good. Have enough. you, um, the workout regimen, what, what are you usually doing? Um, well, recently I've been doing nothing but playing golf. <laughs> so I've actually been in a, in a maintaining mode for just about four weeks. And I just had a goal where I don't want I kind of took a break because it was a lot. Um, so I just knew that I'm like, okay, well, if I'm taking a workout break, then my diet's going to have to be what saves me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just staying active. So I was doing a lot of golf and um, just practicing because it was fun and being outside. And But previous to that, it was just I go to a CrossFit gym, so I was doing the workouts that they put out, and I just had a goal of doing what they said to do. Right, right. And it was just me stop overthinking it, stop yeah. feeling it was fighting that feeling that you're like, oh, I don't want to do it today. And treating that as like my own weakness. Cause that was stopping me from doing what I, we all know is good for us right. or for me. Right. I knew that was good for me to work out. I just kept deciding not to. Right. Right. It's just pushing yourself past it. Yeah. And right? giving yourself, and really giving yourself no excuses. Right. And I did, I did not understand. I had that mentality before this happened, but I didn't apply it in this area. Right. And that was like, oh, I can do this in more than one way. Right. Right. Hey, so um, switch gears a little bit to what we got going on right now. So just last night, you know, our school board um, announced that we would be doing virtual schooling. So we're starting the school year online um, as a whole district, right? Yep. Um, you and I have had many conversations since we've really kind of been back together uh, over the course of the last few weeks of what all of this might look like. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about what's going on right now? Like in terms of having to deal with it, you know, you and I have both spoken to coworkers that, that struggle with some of this stuff. So, yeah, I, I kind of, um, I got to a place where, my my desire for wanting to come back to school was what I believe to be pure intentions. And I, my desires for wanting to be back full days were good. Um, but it was like I was having a hard time accepting the reality of the situation because it was just like deep down I didn't want it to be true. Um, and when you start looking at all of the logistics that needed to go in to make anything like 
what we were trying to do happen or even a full five-day schedule. It just, there were barriers that you just could not solve. And it seems like, you know, there were things that could be done, but it was like the more and more and more you time you like that I spent trying to solve it for myself I just kept coming back to finding more and more problems being introduced and I didn't have solutions for all those problems being introduced and you start to realize that while your heart is in wanting to have kids you know in your proximity I mean that's the whole reason I joined this business right um I didn't sign up for a desk job for a reason because I love being around youth and so um that was while it was pure intention it was kind of blind to me a little bit to what needed to be done and I think you know it's hard to communicate that to the public because there are a lot of things um as educators that we know about this industry and things you're able to do and things you're not able to do and um you know it's it's hard to convince people that we do have pure intentions, even though the decision isn't what some people want. Um, and it's even hard for me to say this because deep down I'm like, man, I wish we could have the kids back. Yeah. Like even at this, while I'm saying what I know to, to right. be true, it still comes back. And I'm like, but I'm going to miss the kids so much. Right. Um, well, and that's why, you know, I really did kind of charge you and Christy with really starting to think in terms of uh, just differently. And, and, and I don't know necessarily how to show you that or tell you what you need to do, but um, just be thinking, be open to, to whatever might come. Because, right. um, you know, just talking with a coworker, you know, we're not, this isn't what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't want this, but it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. So, so why... I mean, let's make the best we can out of the situation we have in front of us. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like necessarily. I hope that we'll be able to connect with people in ways that maybe we hadn't before. Um, I look forward to the day when we can have kids walk in the building and teachers back in and everybody feels safe. I don't know what that's going to look like, when it's going to look like, right. you know. But um, one, of the, one of the things that helped get me in the right place was a conversation I had with my dad this morning. And um, he reminded me of, of, of a verse in which it says to pay to Caesars what is Caesars. And at the time, who they were talking to were Christians who didn't want to pay their taxes to Romans. And Rome, the Roman government was persecuting, persecuting and killing Christians, and yet they were called to pay their taxes. Right. And so for me, how I apply that learning moment was now is the time for me to be obedient and respect what is happening and own it. And, and now what is my role in that and how can I best serve the kids and how can I best serve the families and, you know, us as an administration team or secretary, like how can I best serve, um, in this role that I had no control over and, I heard my whole life in athletics, especially football, control what you can control and forget everything else because there are things that we can't do. There are things in life that we just can't control. And so, you know, how can I best do or act in the areas that I can control? Yeah. Um, All right. So now I want to get a little personal with you. So 
Um, you got two kids. Two kids. Right. How yep. old are Brody they? Brody is going to be four in a couple weeks, and Bella just turned two in July. Yeah. I can't believe she's already two. I know. Because <laughs> she was, for those who don't know, she was born a week into starting this job. Yeah. So I showed up, set my office up, and then was on paternity leave for a week, and then came back. Yeah. Well, you missed our first admin conference because your yeah. wife was having Bella. Oh, yeah. That was on the same day. <laughs> yeah. So... Brand new job, yeah. administrator's yeah. conference, yeah. my first big day, yeah. and I was at the hospital. I think so. that's a little bit bigger. Oh, day. for sure. Oh, for sure. I'm glad you, you caught me on that because, uh, yeah, I mean, it was totally worth it. But when, when, you just, when you're young and you get a new job and you're like, oh, oh yeah, this you're is my excited. big moment. Yeah, and then you're it was excited. like, oh, no, well, I mean. I remember you called me and you're like, uh, I, I, I probably won't be hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, and then they, then they announced my name on stage. Nobody yeah. knew I wasn't yeah. there because I was, it yeah. was. You don't know you're not going to be there until your wife goes in labor. Right, so. right. Um, but you know, uh, so you and and uh, your wife. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met. Well, so it was. We went to a big church when yeah. we were in, in as teenagers, and yeah. so we had a huge youth group, over a hundred kids. So we always knew of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't really know each other. And then our first conversation actually was when in high school I had moved, was moving and she had a lot of experience moving, had moved like seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just encouraging me like, you're going to be fine. Like, it's cool. And I, I just always admired her after that conversation. And then we went on a mission trip together and, um, <laughs> my ego is going to show in the story, <laughs> but somebody, I started to like her, you know, somebody finds out that. You kind of start liking her, and somebody told me, uh, she's out of your league. <laughs> and, so, and I found out now he said that because he had a crush on her. Oh. And so I married her. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I think we know who won yeah, that match, yeah. right? But it's just funny what you think of when you're a teenager. Right. It's like, like well, you know, really I mattered, think but. you guys met when you were in high school, right? But uh, then you moved from Fenton out to Eureka, yeah. right? So and she's so. a year older than me. Um, so actually, we started dating when I was a senior, and she was a freshman in college. Okay. And so we were long distance for five and a half years yeah. uh, before we even lived in the same town for right. three months before we got married. Right. So... Well, and I think I've talked to you a little bit about this, but that that's not an easy thing. Not a, I don't care at what age you are, but especially yeah. when you're in college. And you guys were really far apart from each other for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, I mean, I knew, she went to Mizzou, and my personality would not have done well at Mizzou. I, I'm somebody... Or it might have been done too well for yeah, some Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I just knew that I would get into trouble. Right, right. And that right. I needed more accountability in a yeah. smaller school. Yeah. and. Not, I knew that I would skip class if, right. I, if it was too big. And right. I figured if I'm paying thousands of dollars for something, I want to make yeah. sure I'm committed. And, and it was my grandparents' money and my parents' money and mm-hmm. my money at stake. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I took that seriously. And so we just both told each other, you know, very soon we started dating, like we both see us marrying each other and it's going to be a long time before that can happen. But we're going to commit to one another like we would if we were married and we had a piece of paper that yeah. said we were. Yeah. And so in our minds, we were married, but we just, you know, we had separate finances, everything like you were dating. But in our minds, we were committed for the long term. Right. Most people at that age are just not that mature. 
I'm just saying. Yeah. So for you guys to be able to recognize that and be able to um, pull it off and really be there for each other says a lot. Yeah. Says a whole. I mean, it wasn't easy. I mean, I remember one time where I thought it might not make it, Um, and that thankfully that only lasted 24 hours. (laughs) Um, Long 24 hours. But it was long for me, and (laughs) and we look back on that moment and realize how well we grow, how well we grew, and how easy it is to lose sight of what's important and how other scenarios or other possible dreams might look uh, fancy or attractive, or I could go this route with my life, but you you don't realize the, what you're sacrificing if you were to move on to that. Right. When you, um, first got into school, did you play uh, football? I did. Yep. I, I, I went to small D3 school, um, and then I transferred to another D3 school and I I was on the team. I I wouldn't say that I, I started by any means, but and that was at the second school. Correct. Okay. Both schools, I, I was uh, on the team. On the team. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot harder in college. You know, you come out of high school thinking you're work, you know, you're something, and, right. and you go to college and realize, oh, there's a lot of good high school p- football players. Right. right. And the the one nice thing is the guy who had me on the bench is still playing in the NFL. So that was good. <laughs> There's a little bit I can take away from that. You can say that's your reason for not getting to yeah. start. But I would still do it. I'd still do it all over again. Yeah. The the lessons Great and experience. humility yeah. that I had to, to go through with that and um, figuring out if I really, truly love the game and why it's why I love the game. Right. And it was the camaraderie. It was the right. relationships. It was the idea of going to battle with your mm-hmm. teammates. Mm-hmm. And that was that's a bond that, you know, you really don't see in other – outside of like military circles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and for other people who haven't experienced that, it's hard to even comprehend, but right. that was something to me that was really valuable. So once you graduate, then what, what happens? Um, once I graduated, I, um, well, I graduated in December and my wife actually moved in with my parents while I was gone because, uh, it was just more convenient for her situation at the time. Right. And so then when I graduated, I moved in the basement of my house. <laughs> well, she lived upstairs. <laughs> I lived downstairs. And then... Uh, Smart move on your parents' part. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't want to do that either. Put put well, put you down in the basement oh, yeah. is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, we were... When I graduated, we set the date for two months after my graduation. Okay. All right. And so... So you guys were already in into... We were engaged by yeah, that point. Okay. I, we, I engage, we were engaged really early. Yeah. Because I was just like, let's stop pretending. Yeah. Yeah. We can at least know that this is coming and we had a year and a half out. So... Right. So once you graduated, it was December, and so that spring you got married? Yeah, so in okay. February I got married, um, and then I didn't have a teaching job. Yeah. So I was like, well, my role is to make as much money as I can to support us, and we were in a mountain. And this is the moment where mm-hmm. I was at a mountain of $120,000 debt. I don't have a job. What can I do? Right. And what I was used to at the time was cutting grass. Um, so... I end up working for uh, a company and and very quickly became the manager of people who were all older than me. Um, and I was driving a $60,000 diesel dump truck with a 40-foot trailer around in the city. And I'm driving this thing right. <laughs> at 17, 18 years old. 
And I'm like, whoa, my gosh, this guy trusts me. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't um, wreck anything? You didn't... No. Okay, good. No, didn't, never hit anything, never wrecked anything. That's uh, good. Yeah, I did. You done good. Yeah, yeah, I did all right. And so I just, so then I did that. I picked up my own lawns and just literally worked sun up to sun down because that was the only way I could make the most amount of money. And she understood that and supported right. it. And right. we were used to long distance. So right. Right. me not being home for much in the evenings wasn't yeah. much of a thing. She wasn't she missing, yeah. Yeah, she worked. And then it was just a few more hours she had to wait right. till we could talk right. or hang out. So, so then, so then you, that, so then the fall comes. Fall comes. I took a job in uh, Rittner School District, which was a, an amazing experience for me. What uh, grade? Fifth grade. Yeah. Uh, so I had I taught all seven subjects, which was not up my alley. I knew I wanted to be a math teacher, mm-hmm. um, but when you need a job, you need a job. Right. And I was passionate, at least enough, to fifth grade that I would still be excited. Um, and that was the biggest learning experience probably of my life up until now yeah. um, as far as the impact that it had for the, the next would have been seven years to right. now. Um, I started with a very authoritative approach with the kids um, because of you're my background. Yeah, you're I'm a, a coach. coach. And I kind of real. I, it took me until about February or March to really realize the reason why the coaching mindset works only works if they know you love them. And so I had to work on the love them part before I could get the respect of, hey, knock it off and have it work. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you start with that, it's over. And so once I started to do that, I started to handle all the discipline in my own classroom. And I would just go up to them and whisper and say, hey, I need, can I talk to you in the hallway real quick? And and they would leave and, you know, and I'd meet them out there and I'd just say, hey, you know, when you screamed and yelled, what, whatever it was that you said, you know, that really hurt my feelings. And, um, you know, I need your help while I'm in this, like trying to run this whole classroom. Like, you can help me. And he just started bawling. Hmm. And this is a kid that was one of the toughest, toughest behavior ones, yeah. ones that I have had. And at that moment forward, they would think it was mid-February or March, never a problem again. Mm. And I just, real, that was, I just realized that was the key to education, is you can have discipline, but it can't come without love. Right. And because if they love you, or if they don't even have to love you, but if they know that you love them and they have the, your they understand that you have their best interest in mind, then they will follow you. Yeah, that's the foundation. Yeah. Foundation has to be love. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but then you moved from Rittner over to Crestview. Yeah. You got your math gig. I did. Right? I did. I got a phone call that there was a job open. I, I hadn't even applied. And so mm. when I got that call and it was, you know, I could shave an hour and 10 minutes off of my commute. Mm-hmm. I figured it was probably a good decision, even though I was sad to have had to leave. Um, and that worked out really well. Grew a ton as a math teacher. Um, really started to come into my own around year three and four um, of just having confidence in what I was doing, knowing I was making the right decisions. 
not as much second guessing yourself. And right. you know, when something's new, you, you worry you're not doing mm-hmm. it right all mm-hmm. the time. And Especially you're very, in a new space. Yeah. And you're very self-conscious and, and people can see it. And they were very encouraging to me. Um, the principal there, Nisha Patel, was very encouraged. She could sense it, I'm sure, because she pushed me to keep going, um, which I needed. And that was the coaching part because I knew mm-hmm. she genuinely cared about mm-hmm. me. Which again, why it works, right? Um, and so I got a lot better, and I end up starting my masters in year three, just because. Hey, you know, it starts with if you get a, if you need, if you want a pay raise, you have to get another degree, right? Right. So I figured, well, if I'm gonna have to get another degree, I'll at least open a door, right? While I get it. And my dad had always encouraged me. He's like, "You're pretty, like, solid with." you know, discipline and yeah, management studying and, and all that and studying. He's like, you should maybe think about administration. And I was like, okay, well I'll, I'll just do it. Cause that's right. what my dad tell, told right. me. That was his advice. It's been pretty <laughs> right. good so right. far. Right. Um, you know, he's in education too, for right. those who don't know, that's right. why he knows a lot about giving good advice for educators. But, um, so I did that. And I, as I was in the class, that was really the first time that I felt smart. Um, was and not in a not in a a gloating way right. but it was really the first you know I had this jock label that I gave myself right and that yeah I could get good grades but like I wasn't as smart as a lot of the kids right. in here and so as I got into those class and it was about management and I had just run a business for 5 years with employees or I've managed people who are over older than me and I've managed people who are younger than me and people from all walks of life, right. it just really gave me a great, well-rounded view of the world um, to where when I would give an answer in class, um, seemed that people received it well, and the professor affirmed what I said. Yeah. And I was started to kind of look around and think, oh, I, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> I could do this. I, I think I could do it. do it. And then once that <laughs> seed was planted, it was just kind of right. like off from there. And then right. I... Because I never wanted to jump too fast from anything, and I right. didn't want to do it if I was not 100% committed. Right. And I was not ready to leave teaching. That right. that concept scared me. Right. Um, because I'd always thought of myself as a coach, and, right. you know, a teacher and a football coach for the rest of my life. That was what it was going to be. And I was provided a different direction and realized after talking with some of the leaders in my life that I could... Uh, I could do it, and they believed in me, which allowed me to be like, okay, I, I think I am ready. Yeah. So now you've been doing it. This is year three. Yeah. You know, uh, what have you learned about yourself or just, I guess, those around you too and how to deal with people? And I mean, because it's different than the classroom, right? For sure. I mean. For sure. And I, do you miss the classroom? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Part of the hybrid schedule I was looking forward to was the the idea that I might be able to teach a class. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, you know, if, if, if that was needed. So, yeah, what have I learned? Um, just a ton about how, how best to love people. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, you know, sometimes it might not seem that it's out of love or many times I fail... <laughs> At, at being in that correct mindset and then it you know it could it could based on my doing damage a relationship 
And so then it's my responsibility to repair it. And the biggest thing is just being open and willing enough to apologize uh, when you do something wrong. And that's hard for a lot of people. And it was, that's true for me. Yeah. Right. And um, somebody said to me a long time was, Hey, be a man and apologize. And I never heard that go together. Right. Manhood with apologizing. Right. That right. was something different <laughs> to me. And I was like, that's really cool. I'm like, and it's empowering. Like I right. can admit when I'm wrong. Right. You know? So I've had to do that a couple of times. Um, but it's all come, you know, it's all the outcome of that has always been for the better. Um, do I fail? Am I going to fail? Yes. Uh, but it's always striving to minimize the failures as much as possible and hope that people will give you grace when you mess up and own it when you do and things like that. Yeah, so. and just try to think through what it is that you really want to have happen, and hopefully, you know, God willing, you're able to make it things happen. Yeah. Um, you have good people along the way that guide sure. you and help you and all that good stuff. But, yeah, it's a little bit different world, though, you know, yeah. right? I mean... You it's, and I have known each other for a couple of years now, but I can tell there's been quite a change. And, and plus, you know, fatherhood really does that too. Oh my, yeah. I mean, that I mean, I can I couldn't take credit for all this if it was. There's no way I would have gotten to this point without being a dad. Yeah. No way. Softens you, challenges you. I t- every advice I give a young couple, or at least the the father, I say, I say one. You'll never have an, a better opportunity to serve your wife. Right. And two, I will say, you will never realize your own selfishness. You've never realized your own selfishness until now. Yeah. And you, it's going to be slowly chipped away. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Right. Just know that it's coming. Right. Because I didn't know it was coming. And so then that just makes, you know, when the tantrums happen, you, you go to anger first. And it's anger because life isn't going how I want it to go. Right. When my kid's just saying, I'm upset, give me a hug. Right. And so it softens you for sure. So this time that you've been able to have with family, has, has, how has that worked for you guys? I uh, mean, because we know, we all know, we've, we, we've had much more contact with the family. Yeah. Has it been a good, a good thing for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think you cherish the small moments and... You know, the pandemic, I think, for really everyone has probably had thoughts of reevaluating. And what that's looked like for us is just focusing on what is important in life and controlling the things we can control and, and not worrying about the things that we can't. And it's just led to really deep conversations with my wife and about our kids, how we want to raise them, what that looks like for us. Um, and, um, uh, you know, we've bonded more because of, you know, both living through a pandemic, we right. both have, we're both going through questioning things and, and bouncing ideas off each other. And, you know, some, somebody once told me that, you know, like being married is iron sharpening iron. And it's been really cool to now appreciate when my wife points out things to me about myself that I can grow on and, Whereas before, whereas before been... <laughs> it was like, stop. Yeah. Quit you know. picking on me. Yeah. Well, and picking wasn't the word I used. It was nagging. And since she would get mad that I would say that word and then we'd argue over the word and it was like, no, she's rebuking me. Right. Like, right. I can accept it and right. own it and be like, you're right. Like, right. I'll get better. Right. Like, 
Well, and she's older and wiser, too. Yeah, so. she's 11 months. <laughs> she's 11 months older. And the funny thing you say that, but she went through this same thing when she hit 30. Yeah. Well, 30's a, 30's a yeah. milestone in a yeah. lot of ways. Wait till you get to 40. Yeah. And I was Wait like, Wait till ah. you get to 50. I was like, ah, this is why older people are so much wiser. Yeah, something like that. Something. <laughs> Every like time that. they hit a new decade, they yeah. have this well, new, I think new there's life a lot growth. Of, I think there is a lot of reevaluation that takes place because you know you got another decade under your belt. I yep. mean, that, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, I just turned fifty this year, and and I think about thirty years ago or twenty years ago when I was thirty, and you're you're in a good spot for a thirty year old. To be honest with you, you you're you're going in a great place I with, with your well. You got you got great people behind you and supporting you and uh, your parents and and her parents and and her and uh, you know your kids are awesome you know I mean it it's fun though yeah. isn't it Oh I it's mean, a blast <laughs> I mean it's it's like the most goes by way too quick that's though, the dude. part of it and that's what's really I mean I just had a conversation with our oldest and emotional I mean it mm-hmm. was and and I mean the kid's seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. But you still see that baby, yep. You know, and and you see it in the eyes, and and you're like, well, you're, you're on, you're yeah, getting ready I mean, to be on your yeah, own, you yeah. You know, and and it, and there's a lot of scary going on because for him too, you know, a lot of his friends are moving on to to college, mm-hmm. and so you know they're going through their own thing because they're trying to figure out what all they need to do and be worried about and all this kind of stuff, and then maybe feeling a little left behind too because sure. he's not ready to graduate just yet you know so uh but yeah you know it, it what it's true when people say you know you never stop worrying yeah i mean yeah ever well i i had said to gretchen my wife gretchen recently <clears throat> that i go it just came to me all of a sudden when i was looking at my own kids i was like this is why my mom cried when she dropped me off at college <laughs> And you look, some picture popped up on my phone and it was, or no, it was outside my office because the picture of when Bella was born had me, Gretchen and Brody and Brody was two at the time. Yeah. And I looked at it and I could not believe that he was going to be four. Right. And you know, that combined with the pandemic is just like family is everything to me now. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, just so you know, Dominic's going to be 15 oh my in September. So, <laughs> so you know, can you exactly picture what him t- be- behind the wheel? I mean, <laughs> so you're over there saying, you think you've had this realization from 42, <laughs> wait till they're 15. Oh, it's, yeah. it, I mean, it, it's a whole nother level. And it's really bizarre to, to just kind of be around because uh, you don't realize things are coming. Yeah, I mean, you mm-hmm. think, you know, mm-hmm. and you think you can be prepared. And nothing prepares you because right. it, it, you're given what you can handle, and and uh, sometimes it's more than what you think yeah. you can. So I think I had a a good sense of that reality headed into being a dad, yeah. and realizing, hearing from you and just other people who are older, always saying, "It goes so fast, it goes so fast." It, you know, time flies, and I you I get tired of hearing it. No, but it's I so don't true. get tired of I, hearing it I, I because did. I I you know. I respect people who are older and have lived life longer than me that they might know a thing that I don't. And so if I can learn it, then yeah. and like there has, there's truth to all of these things that are said and, and there may be not whole truths that you can apply to every situation, but within the context that, that they're provided, you, there is truth. And so I, I 
have always approached parenting that I'm raising good adults and not raising good kids. Right. And that's been my focus as I interact with them and as I I play with them. I'm thinking about their self-confidence. I'm thinking about their self-worth. I say things like, you're strong, you're tough, mm-hmm. you're... Um, you know, you're beautiful, you're pretty. All, mm-hmm. I, I feed into them because I know that as their brain is developing, that is how they're going to view themselves. And I want it to be positive and I want them to have self-confidence. And, and I know that I have control over that or at least a role to play. Well, and, and raising kids is kind of the same within the classroom. It is. You know, because what you feed the kids is really what you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something that you want for a kid to be able to do in your classroom, you really have to be willing to feed that kid so that they can then give you what you are hoping to get from them. So same thing there, you know. um, I always just cherish every minute of it, though. That's the big thing. You know, recognize that it's not forever and to to be in the moment. I mean, because that for me is a big thing. Just be in the moment because you never know what tomorrow brings. Right. Right? And recently I... To be in the moment, I've decided to put my cell phone yeah. in one spot in the yeah. kitchen yeah. and turn it on, or turn the ringer on in case somebody calls. My texts are quiet right? while my kids are awake and right. I'm at home. It's off right. and out of sight because just like all of us, I pull it out. Even if it's for five minutes, it's five minutes I'll never get back with them. Right. And that's not okay that with That is me. extreme ownership. It's extreme <laughs> ownership. <laughs> That guy is serious, but it works. Well, uh, at least it worked for me. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna wrap us up here. You know what the outro is, right? No. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, first of all, thanks for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was on a whim, and, and I was. just said, "Hey, you want to do this?" And you said, "Okay." So I appreciate. It'll that. be good to capture this for if I if and when I hit my a low point in the future, I can really yeah, go, go back to yeah. this and say, remember when I was 40 pounds lighter? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I gained 15 to 20 now. <laughs> Just keep putting this on, on yeah. repeat, right? Yeah. So if it's, if when we come on, it says Mike's on, then when we go out, we say, Mike's off. Well, look at you. I do remember Dominic came up with that one, remember? That was good. All right. Thank you, sir. Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together. 